Hello, uh, this is the This Day in Metal podcast, and today's uh, guest is Todd Kearns. Um, he's with Slash and with uh, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Um, how are you doing today, Todd? Doing great. Drinking coffee, uh, talking to you. <laughs> That's awesome. my day so far. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So tell me a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up. Um, um it's funny because last night I was talking to, uh, well, I was at a hockey game last night, so it was a lot of Canadians. It's always funny when Canadians find each other out there on, uh, in that kind of, And there's a lot of Canadians in the hockey uh, hang. Um, but I was born in a, in a town called Estevan, Saskatchewan, but we moved immediately up to northern Manitoba, a town called Lynn Lake. Um, right. left, left there at about 13, and I've never gone back, although I talk to people from there all the time. It's sort of... <laughs> It's the funniest thing because there was like a nickel mine up there, right? That brought a right. whole like boom of, of industry up there. The nickel mine closed and it went from like at its peak, I think 3,500 people, maybe 3,000 people down to like like under 1,000. Like wow. currently. So it's like one of those places I've always, always wanted to go back to just to be able to kind of like see it. You know what I mean? Um, but we moved to um, Lanigan, Saskatchewan, just east of Saskatoon, about an hour east of Saskatoon, 70 miles maybe. Um for my high school years so it's it's always kind of like you know born in saskatchewan graduated in saskatchewan although i spent a pretty good chunk in manitoba and then you know we made our way up. well as soon as high school was done i was you know i ran to regina the big city for uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> for a bit then calgary then vancouver and then now here i am in in the u.s nice so yesterday i was um I said, I have to go back and listen to see about the, the age of electric. And I'm thinking, I must have heard the band because growing up Canadian, you know, much music, all this other stuff. I figured I'd, uh, I must have heard. And Probably unavoidable. Then, <laughs> so then I heard remote control and the, you know, my brain goes, yes, I remember hearing that song. So sure. anyways, uh, so what's going on with that band? Did the band just, uh, disbanded or um are you still performing with the band at all or you suspect any reunions or yeah we uh we pretty much just sort of and the funniest thing about it was being a band for 10 years finally kind of getting it getting somewhere in about so we put it in 97 we put out the last record it went gold um and then we broke up you know like 98 we we just sort of like we didn't really break up we just sort of you know the the cycle of the album had ended the tour had ended and we just sort of didn't reconvene and then i think it was 15 17 years later we we did a we did a show out in calgary and then we did a run of dates from vancouver all the way to well ontario we were in toronto and 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 that whole area st Catharines, and that whole thing so when i even even went up to um around ottawa and all that so so we did do a run, I think that was 2017. I'm not really sure when that would have been, maybe 2018, 2019. I don't remember, but it was a, it was a blur. We put out a, an EP. Uh, we re, what we did was we re-released the, that album, the one that Remote Control was on. We re-released it in, in, at a 20-year 20, 20 um, anniversary. And then, and then we just sort of uh, toured it put out an EP of new music. We had five new songs uh, and yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was really fun to do it fairly. Um, what's the word therapeutic, I suppose, just to kind of like build those bridges. And then, you know, we, we've always been friends and always kept in touch. It just was a minute there where we just didn't play together. 
But one of your one of the band members is your brother, is, is it not? Or? That's true. Yeah, my brother John, who um, okay, he's an, actually a Toronto guy now. He's been out there for probably twenty years. Interesting. Yeah, right after around the around two thousand. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's been out there quite a while. Is he in the band right now, or is he? He plays in the Black Halos. He played with Robin Black for a while. He played in a okay. bunch of things, but uh, you know. He's sort of one of those guys, he's not really interested in playing at something if it's not, like, something he really wants to do. So he just kind of, like, <laughs> Understandable. so he's uh, kind of does whatever he wants. So in 2000, you formed the band Static and Stereo? Yeah. With, your, with your, uh, both your brothers? Um, how did that go about? Yeah. Well, uh, as Age of Electric kind of wrapped up, we went into um, uh, John and I from Age of Electric brought in our youngest brother, Ryan, and we wrote some songs and it was great. And it was such a fascinating thing because, you know, it was right at that moment when we put it out in 2001. So the record industry, you know, had been completely torpedoed by <laughs> downloading and all that kind of stuff, of which, you know, most of us were relatively not ignorant to, but just unaware of the impact that that had actually had. Because up to that point, there had been a, you know, a, a business model in place as far as like, you put a band together, you write some songs, you play in front of people, you build an audience, you record your music, hopefully you get signed, and and then you release that record, and then it's sort of up to the eyes of the beholder. But that model all kind of went away by the time Static and Stereo came out. So, you know, we were charting just fine and doing really well. Um, you know, the touring was great. Um, you know, we were selling tickets, and but... The, the records weren't selling, but at the same time, mm-hmm. no one's records were selling or certainly not compared to the way they had. So exactly. it certainly changed the game. And, um, you know, it, it was an uphill battle, to be honest. And that's right around when my brother John, as I mentioned, moved to Toronto. And, you know, everybody was kind of like going off in different directions. I sort of got into recording bands, wanted to produce records and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, ended up making a solo album and stuff like that. So. That became my focus for a little while. Speaking of your solo record, that's the one, that was going to be my next question. Um, any plans of making another one? Is that your only solo album, or do you have? I did. Another? I did a solo record in 2004, Go Time, and then um, I didn't do another one for a long time. I did one in 2013 that was an acoustic record, and it was sort of a, um, you know, a little bit of a love letter to. Um, the people who'd been following us all these years, especially within the slash world, because that sort of, you know, exploded into a whole new, you know, Europe and South America right. and Asia and Australia. And it just sort of opened up a whole new world for me that um, and I really I always had been very romantic about the idea of doing acoustic shows. And um, I'm actually doing one in June here in Vegas. But um, so I just sort of, you know, either refigured or wrote a whole lot of songs just with that in mind and then so that one's been out uh since 2013 which is nine years ago it's weird to think about wow. but um so i've had another one in the works for quite a while um then we put out a um a compilation of things called tko of some old recordings that we did so so they do exist in, in one form or another on you know spotify and whatnot yeah i love acoustic music it's, it's so great when you know take everything out just you know it's one of my favorite things, you know, like the it was, the big inspiration was Johnny Cash's, you know, those American recordings he did with 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 Rick Rubin to so that. To me, those were like really, really important. Um, 
but you know, I, I, it's funny because I think that you know, and when you play rock and roll music, you're so accustomed to the safety net of these loud drums and, and guitars and everything. Right. And you can kind of, sort of, you know, kind of when you take all that away, it's kind of nerve wracking in, in its own way. But um, you know, I sort of lean pretty. I've always leaned pretty heavy into the things that are kind of uncomfortable. I just kind of feel like, you know, it's well. There's something something rewarding going to be on the other side of this uh, this challenge, you know, and that right. usually is the case. If you get a chance, listen to the Helix one. Um, they did an acoustic one. That's it's awesome. I, I have you, heard that. Yeah, it's it fantastic. Is totally yeah. amazing. Yeah, the way they did that one. So anyway, uh, starting. Um, how did you end up with Slash? Um, well, I had been down in Vegas for, I guess, four years, pretty much, almost. And um, Brent Fitz, the drummer of Slash's band, is an old friend from Winnipeg, and he has been around forever, plugged with uh, Bruce Kulick in Union, uh, Vince Neil, Alice Cooper, a bunch of these kind of things. And he sort of landed this gig with Slash um, in Slash's, you know, intention to uh, uh, support the solo album he was putting out in 2010, which is 12 years ago now. Um, 12 years ago, like right around now, actually, we, you know, we started kind of doing stuff together. So, um, Brent just, you know, one of those called me up and said, come down and jam. And I came down and jammed and they didn't let me go. I've been here ever since in some fashion or another. I mean, we, we take all kinds of breaks clearly for all the other things that we do, but, um, it's been going, you know, for 12 years. So you, the new album just came out there a couple months ago, I believe, uh, number four. Um, yep. It was recorded in Nashville. Um, what's your favorite song off the album? Um, it varies, but generally I always kind of land on a song called April Fool. Um, I don't know why. There was just something really... Um, it's been interesting for me because during COVID, we nobody was together. Brent had gone off to Winnipeg to take care of his family. And um, um, I don't know where everybody else was, but it was, you know, Slash was in, in his studio in L.A. And I would head out there and, you know, I sort of felt involved from the early stages um, hearing riffs and, and sort of jamming along and whatnot. And um, we we normally would be getting together as a group right. and just jamming shit out. But now but because of the way things were, it was just sort of like Slash. And to a certain degree, me putting together demos in um in his studio, just kind of that are basically riffs that get sent off to Miles and then turned into songs. But April right. Fool, uh, Fall Back to Earth is always one of the ones that I land on. Um, Spirit Love is very adventurous. There's quite a few, actually, quite a few that I really enjoy. Nice. And you just finished uh, touring. Uh, what was that like? Um, any highlights from the, from any of the places? A lot of highlights. Tour? Yeah, I mean, it was really good for us because, I mean, the, the weird thing about it was touring in the midst of, you know, in a in a, a COVID bubble. Yeah, it was it was very interesting to be um, the Slash Camp had done a run previously and had managed to come out relatively unscathed. I think there might have been a person here or there with crew and security or something that might have been touched, a truck driver. I don't even know. Right. Uh, by by COVID, that is. Um, but the band was largely un, unsullied. So we basically adhered to the same um, protocols. And uh, luckily, knock on wood, we were. Uh, well, we made it through the tour anyway. That's the important thing. And, uh, you know, it was only like an eight or nine week tour. So we unfortunately like getting into Canada and all that kind of stuff. Like I have friends going to Canada now uh, touring right. in Canada. And it's, it's so frustrating because you're like, damn, we were just we were just out. But of course, when the tour was getting planned, it was sort of like there was all kinds of 
you know, restrictions and whatnot that made it difficult. So right. we just basically toured across the country. And uh, I would say there was probably a, a number of highlights. Most It was the most interesting one because we really couldn't hang out with friends. You'd get to town and you, you can't see anybody, but you would just – it became all about the gig, you know, and people kept saying these are the best shows you've ever done. They were glad to – I just – we were so excited to be out playing, and I think that people were so excited to be out, you know, seeing a live yeah, show. Just, just to see the bands of, again. Exactly. So I think it was just kind of one of those wonderful mixes that just kind of all came together. That's awesome. I'm glad it went through a lot of the uh, a lot of the concerts and stuff were getting canceled. Um, just the other day there, I was talking to uh, Judas Priest got their uh, one yeah. show canceled. I'm knocking on wood. I'm hoping to see them next Wednesday in Hamilton. So hopefully, you know, that pans Where out. Where are they playing in Hamilton? They're playing at the. Um, I, I was going to say Cops. It's not called Cops Coliseum anymore. Uh, First Ontario Center. That's what there. it's called now? Yeah, it's called there. Well, it'll so always be Cops Coliseum to me. Exactly. <laughs> and the Sky Dome will always be the Sky Dome to me. So. Exactly, yeah. It never changes. So yeah. we're going to get on. I'm going to ask you just a few more questions um, about who was your all-time favorite band growing up? Like, Who did you just say, I got to you know, put the record on and, and listen to this band? And Oh, well, there was a number of them. I mean, Kiss is the first one that comes to mind, just being of that perfect age of, you know, this is what's, you know, excited us. I mean, I always sort of, you know, thinking of it as like, you know, being comic books and science fiction and rock and roll all in one thing. You just couldn't help but fall for it entirely. Exactly. And, you know, still being sort of, you know, very much wrapped up in that world. I was just out with Eric Singer the other night. Well, you know, nice. it's sort of it's very surreal to to be around that. I mean, obviously, bands like the Beatles were a big deal to me um, in a different way. Um, the Who the Who had a major impact on me. It was funny because Kiss and the Beatles and Elvis and all that, they just seemed like that didn't seem like something you could do. It didn't seem like career option because the Beatles were like from, you know, like they just seemed like they were like this four headed monster that could, you know, just make magic. This was a god and Kiss was superheroes. So but for some reason, the Who, I think, sort of opened that door into punk rock that I kind of. You know, I just sort of saw them as these four dudes just playing loud rock and roll. And, I, and the, the aggression of it, um, I think, really spoke to me. And that sort of led to punk rock and metal and all the things that, you know, that we found along the way. Right. So they were kind of like an inspiration to picking up the guitar. And... They were actually they were the ones that made me think, hey, I think I could do that. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously, bands like the Ramones and things like that that we found later had a similar impact because of the simplicity of it. We were like, okay, well, I can do that. <laughs> you know, you can't play Rush songs, but I can play Ramones songs. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Rush, I was going to ask you, who's your favorite Canadian all-time band then? Done with it. That's a, that's, I mean, that, that's a really difficult. I mean, we, we, Chris Jericho and I have gone back and forth in this a million times. Being Prairie <laughs> guys, we always, we always land on a band called Streetheart from, Originally from Regina. I know um, Yeah, one of our all-time favorite bands. Um, uh, but I have to say, you know, obviously Rush is a is a no-brainer. Sloan is one of my favorite Canadian bands. I just always okay. love their songwriting and 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 the four singers and a very Beatles kind of mentality there. That's a difficult conversation because I don't know if you know anything about our band Took, but we do all Perfect. Canadian Perfect. covers and stuff like that. And it's super deep cuts. You know, for us, it's like when you get into something like Lunatic Fringe or Fantasy by Aldenova, you know, you're like, damn, man, I love these songs so much. And 
Um, and some of them just get lost on on Americans or Europeans. They just don't know those songs. And I know them all. I've heard them so many times. Of course, yeah. April Wine. I mean, the the list goes on. I grew up in April Wine. Crazy. Of course. And uh, speaking of Chris Jericho, you were were you not in a cover band with him? We did a a couple of cover gigs together. Um, For it was some charity stuff that we did up in in uh, Calgary and I think Regina. So, I mean, we've known Chris for a million years, um, Prairie Boy, you know, so mm-hmm. um, it just came up early on. That sort of that eventually kind of spun into being Took, I guess, because we started off just doing Canadian songs and having fun. Spider from Streetheart was playing that, oddly enough. Okay. And Corey Churko from Shania Twain, who plays in Took. Um, so, yeah, it was just just fun kind of stuff. But, you know, Jericho's. Jericho's an inspiration in so many ways. I mean, he's one of those guys that, I mean, even, even the other day, we we're doing this Kiss convention right. in uh, in Nashville in, uh, end of end of May, and Chris is going to be playing there with Fozzie, or no, I think with his other thing, Quarantine, which is like a Kiss cover band, which is even funnier. Okay. And then I'm like, <laughs> and then somebody said, dude, the night before he's in like Winnipeg playing or you know wrestling or some or somewhere wrestling, and I go, oh my god, he's out of his mind. Like, it, all I have so many friends like him and Slash and all that who. You know, just they don't have any interest in staying home and petting the dog. They're always kind of like their calendar is bananas. He, that guy never stops. He's so much. Never mind. stops. He's got books. He's got, yeah, he's writing books. He's got music. He's it's it's impressive actually. Crazy, crazy. So if you weren't in a in a band, what would you what were you plan on do, doing with your life? Um, did you have other? Um, you know, I really didn't. I think that you know, I really fell in love with music very early. I fell in love with music like really. And um, just sort of pursue it, you know. I think that I didn't really pursue it. That, that makes it sound like I, you know, actively sort of, you know, because it's nothing you can really pursue. I just sort of fell ass backwards to playing in a band, and that band took us out and played some shows, and that turned into this, and this turned into that, and next thing you know, you're, you're, you know, it's all these years later, and you're still mm-hmm. doing it. That's that is a, sort of the surreal thing about it is to be, you know, when you stop and think. Man, I, you know, at any point, someone can come along and tap you on the shoulder and say, you're done. You know, I mean, and, and in reality, that 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 sort of has happened a couple of times where you have to kind of rethink everything. But um, mm-hmm. I don't think I really had any other plan. I mean, honestly, like, you know, you know, I had to have jobs like a like a normal person. But that was sort of, um, you know, uh, hardly would have I would have considered any of it to be like something like a career. But I did think about teaching at one point. I always thought teaching was interesting because there's a sort of a performance side of that, you know, being up in front of people and trying to sell this really like something that no one cares about or doesn't want to hear about. And you have to have sort of a way of making it exciting. I think I had a couple of good teachers, you know, who made somehow made Shakespeare interesting to me and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, small town, small town. Yeah, exactly. All small town prairie guys do not want to hear this stuff. But for whatever reason, I had the right teacher. And I thought like if he sold it correctly to us, you know, and I thought, hmm, that's kind of cool. So I thought that might be interesting, but I can't imagine being like, you know, I don't know, you know, a, a ninth grade teacher in uh, Fort Saskatchewan right now or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, it could be could be worse. So you have your own clothing line, is that uh, is that correct? And uh... yeah, we uh, that's another thing that I stumbled onto with the name Todd Dammit, which was always kind of a joke because it rhymes with God damn it. But right. <laughs> you know, when I when I came to Vegas, it was sort of funny. You know, it was actually really kind of um, it was good for me because you know coming into a, into a new 
place where you don't really have any history. Like no one cares that you had gold records and stuff like that in another country. They're kind of like, okay, how, let's see you play right now and see how good you are. Right. And um, so you really have to prove yourself all over again. And that's great. So Dame and Todd Dammit caught on again. It was really funny, like something from my youth, you know, and it just sort of became a thing. And, and, and um, Vinnie Paul from, you know, Pantera and everything like that. He, right scream damn it across casinos at me i don't think he even know i don't think he knew who todd kearns was i think it was just todd damn it um so anyway then, then a friend of mine put the um put damn it on a t-shirt for my birthday and i wore it we wore it on a i wore it on a dvd that we did with slash back in 2011 called made in stoke so then i started getting calls about like hey where do i get that damn it shirt and i'm right. like oh, this is the, this is the only damn it shirt <laughs> and then uh, and then it's yeah, you know, then we just did a short run and turned into something else. And it's you know it's gone on. There's a we did a coffee line recently, and you know a few things like that. It's been it's been really cool. I was saying to somebody earlier how I you know I, I never really had any interest in doing anything other than music. Like I don't really consider myself you know a, a t-shirt salesman or a merch kind of minded right. guy. But I, I suppose growing up with Kiss and seeing the Kiss logo on literally everything in your life. Mm-hmm. You, you can't help but sort of understand that there's a, a whole other side of of this that can that can sort of play to your advantage. And so we just kind of, uh, you know, it's it's sort of more like, you know, I don't I don't mean to make it sound something I don't care about because that's not really the case. But it's one of those strange things that just sometimes opportunities come to you and they go, well, what, what do you think about putting it on this? And you go, OK, well, you know, sound, sounds cool, you know. Um, I don't it's uh, so much more kind of wrapped up in, in making music and playing music that that's sort of it's a very secondary thing but it but it has for whatever reason been great it's been really really cool awesome very catchy phrase too yeah 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 i always i always have friends telling me that their kid got in trouble at school for wearing a shirt that says damn it on it oh, <laughs> and that feels pretty rock and roll exactly so what's next with you? Um, I hear you're doing, um, like you said, you're doing that acoustic. Uh, you're doing a Led Zeppelin acoustic. Uh, is that correct? Are you? No, I'm. Uh, next weekend, I'm. I'm doing a show with uh, um, Classic Albums Live, which is uh, okay. they they put on an entire perform an entire classic album, you know, Boston or Pink Floyd or whoever. And um, I just got a call from some friends saying, Hey, we're doing Led Zeppelin one. Do you want to do it? And at first. I mean, coming off a tour, the first thing you want to do is just sit out in the hammock in the backyard and <laughs> ignore the world. But but it is funny how sometimes these calls come in and you go, well, I do know that record. <laughs> I do know that record very, very well. And I mean, you start to kind of like play with it in your mind and you go, yeah, that sounds like fun, actually. So so that's happening in Florida, Clearwater, Florida. And then on on June 4th, I'm doing well, – well, actually, let's – before I get to that, May 29th, the weekend of 27th to the 29th in Nashville, there's a Creatures Fest, it's called. It's a KISS convention thing. Bruce Kulick, I play with I play with Bruce Kulick from the non-makeup years. Um, and then Ace Fraley's going to be there. Peter Chris is going to be there. Vinnie Vincent's wow. going to be there. And then Quiet Riot, Vixen, a bunch of our friends are playing as well. So it's kind of this crazy weekend of, of KISS debauchery that'll that'll be a blast. That and then June fourth, I would love to go see that. That would be you. Amazing. You you would have a blast. And I've been doing the Kiss Cruise for the past five years or something like that now, with Bruce. And um, 
And it's, you know, it's a blast. It's a Star Trek convention for KISS fans. You know, it's like you, you go there, it's all KISS all the time, all day long. It's all we talk about. It's all we I would, do. I would, is, I would never have time to fall asleep. I'd just be <laughs> everything. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a huge KISS fan, so. Yeah, you got to come on the cruise sometime. I, unfortunately, this is the last one in 2022. There's one coming up in, uh, that we're doing with, with Bruce again. So, yeah, it's 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 a blast. And, and I think that it's been really um it's been really fun for us because the first one I did was with Bob Kulik, Bob and Bruce and Bob right. has since passed away, sadly. But uh, since then, we we sort of turned it into, uh, you know, Bruce's thing with um, Brent Fitz from Slash's band and then Zach Throne from Corey Taylor's band, right. Corey Taylor from Slipknot. And we have a blast doing it. So um, so then I do We do that that weekend. And on June 4th, I'm doing an acoustic show here in Vegas. Um, I do them on, on occasion. It's it's. I, I'm really big on the like, as we were talking about as the the acoustic thing, and I haven't done one in quite a while. So it came up, and I was like, yeah, same thing. I'm on the hammock in the backyard, you know, <laughs> metaphorically. I don't I don't actually have a hammock, but I was sort of like, you know, sort of like, yeah, okay, that sounds like fun. That's months away, you know. And uh, but I, uh, you know, it is one of those passions of mine is getting up and playing guitar in front of people and singing songs. I, I love the 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 campfire vibe of it all and it you know it, it sort of brings us all together we, we make an excuse to get my friends together to come jam and and then and have friends come down so often people come out of town and it's it's a blast we have a blast doing it nice and is that going to be taped that uh led zeppelin won it all i'm not sure but uh, i'm sure somebody will be filming some stuff but i don't i don't know that i'd love to, to hear that i'd love to hear you sing zeppelin that would be amazing oh yeah you thank singing, you, you you're singing it right yeah, I'm singing the okay. Zeppelin one. So it's, you know, I mean, that's it's funny because, you know, that's one of my in a lot of ways, it might be my favorite. I don't know. I, that's a very difficult conversation. But there's elements of that record that that I think are some of the strongest. I mean, that goes down. It definitely has to go into the book of best debut albums by a band ever. Oh, yeah, that amazing. that list, is, that's a long list, too. But that 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 album is, you know, is mind blowing to consider. I think they were only a band for six weeks or something like that up to that point or something very brief. And they're like, you know, I don't even know if I don't even know if John Bonham was 20 yet. He might have been 20. I don't know. It's mind blowing. It is. So I have um, I have a section. It's it's a Canadian rock trivia. I was wondering oh, wow. if you wanted, did you want to play along? And answer hell, yeah. Okay, I might not. so it's kind of like a family feud, fast money thing. I don't have a button or anything for the timing, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll give it a go here. Okay. I'll do my best. Okay. This band opened for Iron Maiden at Wembley Arena in the 1980s. I'm not sure exactly what year. Jeez. Iron Maiden 19 in the 1980s. Yes. Okay. So. And I'll give you some hints along the way if you're. You can give me a hint. Give me the first hint. Can I call a friend? <laughs> uh, yeah. The lead singer um, goes around on a tricycle. Oh, the Killer Dwarfs, of course. Correct. Oh, man, how did I not know that? That's <laughs> tough, actually, because I kept thinking, like, I was thinking of Judas Priest, and I remember Kick Axe opening for Judas Priest. But, right. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. they played in uh, Wembley back, wow. I think it might have been 85, but I'm not sure. I don't, um, I'll have to ask the band what year it was. That's awesome. Okay, I love number Wars. two. Brian Adams once auditioned for this hard rock band from London, Ontario. Huh. From London, Ontario. Was it Moxie? No. Okay, hang on. <laughs> you, London, you'll, you'll probably you'll get it. I'm pretty sure you'll get it. 
I should know this because he was in he was in Sweeney Todd from Vancouver. Um, the band played on the Monsters of Rock tour there a few years back. A few years back. Yeah. Like they filmed one. They filmed what? They filmed one of their videos in a rock quarry. Oh, Helix? Yes. Correct. Really? Brian Adams tried out for Helix? Yeah, way back in the day. Yes, he did. That is hilarious. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. There's a few trivia questions there. Uh, Brian Bomer um, has wrote in his book there that you, would, you wouldn't believe some of the stories that he's written about who auditioned and this and that. Yeah. That's so funny. I read his book back when it came out. Well, they just saw I read it too, so it's pretty good. I don't remember. I I have to brush up on that. This Canadian band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013. 2013. And there's not too many. There's not too many Canadian bands. Say. Hall of Fame. Well, it has to be either Rush. Bands, hey. You you got it right. The band. Rush. I got a rush, rush. Yeah, it had to be rushed. I was going to say, that, is that long ago? I guess it was. Yeah, nine years yeah, ago. There 2013. You go. Yeah. Okay, so we have a few, two more questions. This band is from your home province of Saskatchewan. They were from the city of Regina. Their debut album was Vices. Kickaxe. Exactly. The mighty Kickaxe. The mighty Kickaxe. Still <laughs> kicking it, too. <laughs> they are, indeed. And the last one here is this band formed in 1978, and the singer has a nickname Lips. Anvil. Correct. I knew you'd get that one too. So. Awesome. So that's pretty of, much the it. Pride of Canada, day. those guys. You'll see. You'll see Anvil on like you know European festivals all the time. I'm over there, and I'm like, Anvil's here. <laughs> you'll stand, stand side stage and watch him play his you know solo with a dildo or something. <laughs> those, those guys are crazy. They uh, they played Always here in have. Toronto a few years back. I never went and seen them, but the next time I'm gonna. Oh, you have to. Yeah. So you have thank to. You. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. My we pleasure. Could for hours talking Canadian. Music. I know we could. We really could, honestly. It would never <laughs> stop. So I appreciate Canadian it. music and kiss. We could. <laughs> oh, kiss. No, that's another. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.